Welcome to the Yoga Teacher Evolution Podcast. Namaste. My name is Paul Teodo, joined here with Michael Henry. Most yoga teacher trainings are becoming watered down and mediocre. So we've created this podcast to help supplement those of you who graduated from a teacher training and don't feel confident going out into the real world. Michael and I are lucky to have been trained by some amazing people. We've gone out into the world ourselves and had success, and we want you to feel confident to protect your students and to build your career with integrity and authenticity. Welcome to our podcast. All right. Welcome back to the Yoga Teacher Evolution podcast. I am here, one of your co-hosts, Michael Henry, and across the table from me is Paul Teodo. Check yourself. And today we're going to be talking about hands-on adjustments. We had a uh, recent student in one of the trainings send us a question about hands-on adjustments, asking lots of questions on basically whether she should learn this in person, learn it online, considering, you know, the times of having a difficult time finding trainings and stuff like this in person, and when to do it, when not to do it, you know, private classes, bigger classes, so lots of questions around that. So we're going to talk and deconstruct that topic today. It's a big topic, but nonetheless, we'll try to cover as much things as we can in the next 20 or 30 minutes. Yeah, absolutely. I was just saying to Michael before we started recording this, not only is it a big topic, but it's a topic where the answers are all gray. There's no black or white. So it's a very complicated topic as a yoga teacher to be able to really answer things correctly because um, it's not math. This is a uh, everything is gray. So it's, 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 it's going to be a fun discussion. Absolutely. Cool, cool. So let's, um, why don't we start with um, probably the easiest thing to do is like, what would be the best way to learn hands-on adjustments? The best way to learn hands-on adjustments would be in a face-to-face environment, a workshop with or privates or a teacher training. Uh, learning hands-on adjustments online, you can do it. Absolutely. But I, then the second best way to, to learn hand on, hands-on adjustments would be in a live private Zoom workshop or a live Zoom teacher training, something like that. But you want an environment where you can ask questions and you want an environment where things are live and you can see something working or something not working. Just looking on YouTube videos might help a little bit or like watching a video or, or taking a course that's not live could help a little bit. But... I wouldn't recommend it. And if somebody was one of my students, I would not tell them to go out and do that. I would say you need to study with a senior teacher, minimum five years experience uh, in either a private one-on-one environment or a small group environment workshop or a teacher training. Hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, in person obviously seems like the right choice, right? But just to, to, to confirm that, right? Yes, but what you can do is when what I've done is you can uh, teach a live Zoom class and have um, a demo model person mm. doing a pose, and then you can demonstrate how to give certain adjustments um, on that that model student. Right. And that does work. It is very effective, but it's a live environment where people can ask questions in real time and get feedback in real time and see what works. Mm-hmm. And I also have a, uh, a couple students right now that I've been mentoring for a while and they have asked me the same question. And what I'll do is I'll be like, okay, go bring your boyfriend or bring your husband into class and um, 
you're going to give him some adjustments and then I'm going to give you feedback on the adjustments that you're giving and so is your husband. So not only do you want to get feedback from your yoga teacher, but you want to get feedback from whoever the person is that you're adjusting and the person that you're touching. Mm. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, it's a really interesting, uh, challenging topic because I came from Los Angeles and now I live in Bali and the environment in Los Angeles was very, I mean, everyone was basically living in Los Angeles and Los Angeles is the place where the Me Too movement began. So people were extremely sensitive uh, about uh, touching and, and about um, any type of, uh, and for, for good reason and for the right reasons, but just the amount of sensitivity that people have uh, is very much environmental. So the amount of touching that you'll see in a yoga class in Los Angeles or Auckland, New Zealand, or um, perhaps somewhere in a Latin country. So, yeah, exactly. Versus somewhere in a Latin country, it's completely different. Yeah. I just did uh, uh, some trainings on my own, of my own as a student with uh, Carlos Romero and uh, De- Daniela, and uh, their trainings were amazing, and they're both Latin, and they just touch the hell out of each other. But it's, mm-hmm. it's normal. It's part of the culture. There's nothing creepy about it. There's nothing predatory about it, and it's very widely accepted. And it's known that if you take their classes, especially Carlos, because he's a certified Thai massage therapist, Thai yoga massage therapist, that there's going to be a lot of touching involved. Mm -hmm. So touching is a very sensitive topic, especially in America Mm -hmm. and um, probably Canada too. Uh, What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I feel like Canada is very similar in America in a lot of way, but less intense. Yeah. But basically, that's what it is. America light. (laughs) Yeah, it's America like, but less intense. Light. L-I-T. Yeah, yeah, light. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, like a light beer. Yeah. yeah, so so you have to you have to first if you're teaching a public class and you are thinking about offering hands-on adjustments, first off the studio probably has some sort of a policy. Do they allow adjustments? Do they not allow adjustments? Do they have cards or um, sometimes they'll they'll ask the teacher, the teacher should ask at the beginning of class if anybody does not like adjustments, um, just let me know. Um, I, I will always ask before I come up and give you an adjustment, but if you don't like it, um, just let me know. So you're, you're creating an opportunity for the, the student to speak up. That's the, one of the first things you want to do. Uh, second thing is when you go up to one of uh, your students that you're going to adjust, if this is the first time this person's ever been in your class and they look nervous and you can see it, don't touch them. Don't touch them unless they're about to do something where they might injure themselves. Hmm. That, that, that's my rule basically for, for 80% of adjustments is you only want to adjust someone if you're protecting them from themselves. Right. Like if they're in a position where they might injure themselves. Um, then after that, if somebody's been taking your class for three months, they've taken it 20, 30 times, you can touch that person uh, and they're probably going to be cool with it. But you still want to go up to them and say, hey, would you like me to give you an adjustment? Um, That's a good that's a good rule. Just to reiterate what you said about, you know, really only needing to do it when it becomes a bit of a safety issue. Unless you you're quite or the student is quite comfortable. The class participant is quite comfortable with you 
or you know them well enough to be able to kind of like cross that bridge. Um, but I feel like um, most people feel like they need to do adjustments because it'll make them a better yoga teacher and therefore they need to learn how to do it and therefore they need to provide it for you know their their studio their classes and stuff like that or at least that seems to be some of the conversation that i hear so what do you think about that yes and i think it it, it is one of the situations where rightfully so there is um i don't even want to call it a double standard but i just call it different um i've never heard of a woman getting in trouble for touching people too much uh, a female yoga teacher um but but men are the ones that always get in trouble and and rightfully so because men are bigger and stronger and more aggressive and you know that's where it happens generally of course yeah yeah Yeah, generally um so and i think that that's an okay difference and men and women are different so there's a difference here Mm -hmm. if you're a woman and one of your talents is the you healing touch and you're very good at it uh don't lose that talent if you're a man and one of your talents is the same talent don't lose that talent you can use it but you have to be very sensitive particularly right now in america where there was the 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 me too movement and then other countries where people just don't touch each other as much and because of the global pandemic going on right now and on top of that there is a freaking pandemic going on right now so right now i don't adjust anyone in my Mm. classes um i'm not i don't really touch people other than to give them a spot for a handstand or something like that other than that i'm not really touching people Unless, like I mentioned before, they're about to injure themselves and their body needs to be positioned differently. Yep. Um, so then what I would do is I would like lightly tap them on a place where, where like, okay, draw this hip in just a little bit. Spin right. your fingers out just a little bit. A lot of times I'll just show them what to do. I'll demonstrate it. Right. And the people that I am touching uh, very little are all people that come to class every day yep. or, or multiple times a week at least. Right, right. Yeah, that's really good. And I think that's a big takeaway, if anything at all, is that you really don't need to do it. Um, probably more so if it becomes a safety issue, then yes. Uh, but otherwise, like, you know, it's not like one of those things where you become a yoga teacher and it's like, okay, now I need to learn how to do hands-on adjustments. Or, you know, maybe they do a training, a 200-hour training, and it's like, I didn't learn the hands-on adjustments. You know, I, I need to learn that. It's like, well, you don't really need to learn that right away. In order to be a yoga teacher, it's not, it's not like a prerequisite, I'd say. It's not a prerequisite, but it's a sophisticated skill, and if you can use, and if you can learn to use it well, and um, again, if it's one of your talents, bring bring all of your talents to class. So, mm-hmm. so I agree with that, and I also agree that like there are ways and environments where you can learn how to do it safely, and I would encourage, um, I would encourage. I mean, we are going right now into like a very wounded world. Where people haven't touched each other all year right. because of this pandemic, so a little bit of touching might be very good if somebody is inviting it. But that's another thing is because people have all this trauma mm-hmm. because of 2020 uh, and because of like, oh my God, the germs, 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 you know, and 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 touching them, they might be even more hypersensitive. So it's why it's really important to ask. It's really important to, to do your own due diligence. And to see what makes sense for you and your student, and um, yeah, I'll leave it at that. And this is right now we're just talking about public classes. If you're teaching privates, uh, your student is going to expect 
adjustments. I mean, that's what's why you do a private. Mm-hmm. Mo- anytime, any private client that I've ever worked with, I've adjusted them quite a bit. Right. Because a lot of times a private client will be looking for specialized instruction, very specific instruction. A lot of times a private client will be a new student, somebody whose body doesn't have the proprioception or the awareness to be able to um, know how to align itself in space. Mm-hmm. So... Um, but it's the same thing. Um, if I have a private with a client, um, the first private, I'll, t- I'll touch that person very little. And then by the 15th private, I'm touching them quite a bit. Right. Um, yeah, the trust, the rapport. Yeah. The understanding of their body, maybe any injuries or pre-existing problems that they might have. So then you become more comfortable and they become more comfortable to do it and allow for it, right? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And then... And, and then it, yeah, and and if you're good at it, it's um it's something you should use. Like my wife, uh, my wife Leia is very good at sensitive healing touch. Um, Byron, our, our my my business partner that we teach with, he's he's better at it than me. I'm okay at it. It's it's not one of my gifts. You know, I'm 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 better at other things. Mm-hmm. So I don't do it as much because it's not one of my gifts. But if it's one of your gifts. Figure out a way to safely and ethically keep it in your classes, is my opinion, and um, and absolutely bring it to your privates for mm-hmm. sure. Mm-hmm. Um, I think going back to this original question, how do you how are you going to learn it though? Um, you could learn it on Zoom with 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 a. You want to have either the teacher would have a model or the student would have a model and they would learn, the teacher would guide them into how to give these adjustments. Mm -hmm. And I'm of the the lineage, um, not really uh, like a shtanga. Like a shtanga, a lot of adjustments will be pretty forceful and Mm -hmm. they'll be really trying to like push, push or pull your body into a deeper shape. And I don't really do that. Other than maybe if somebody's in a lying down twist, I might give them like a slight adjustment, deepening the twist to maybe uh, allow them to get a gentle release in their spine. Right. So like an like an overpressure or an overstretch is yes. kind of that type of Ashtanga hands-on adjustment. Is that what you're speaking to? Exactly. Yeah. But I'm not gonna I'm not gonna push I'm not gonna put push my weight into somebody when they're in a forward fold. Right. Um, which is I mean, you're the physio. I wouldn't recommend. Yeah. <laughs> Once he said it, I kind of cringed a little. I was like, oh. Yeah. And backbends, too. I'm not going to push somebody into a deeper backbend either, which is uh, another thing that, that they used to do that I really don't recommend mm-hmm. at all. Yeah. Yeah. And I think this is probably a good time for me to chime in from my perspective. Um, I mean, hands-on adjustments is something that I do as a physiotherapist, obviously. Um, as a new yoga teacher... I don't, but I haven't taught enough to even include it in my practice. So I don't really consider it as part of my skill set yet. Uh, but I eventually I will, I'll bring it into practice. I'm more so concerned about the teaching bit. So just to start with that. But I think with adjusting people, particularly for me when I'm you know, in a clinic, and I, it's not that far off, I'd say I wouldn't put someone in a position where I'm trying to do an additional stretch or I'm trying to like put their body in a position that they can't do themselves. And you know, yoga, you, obviously you want to try to 
go beyond the tender edge a little bit. You want to push yourself to try to maybe, you know, get a little bit further, get a little bit more range of motion, explore some of your limits uh, gently, of course. But I think the hands-on adjustments part can sometimes, and this is probably more speaking to the Ashtanga style, um, be a little bit too aggressive. And I guess the way that I'm seeing it, the way that I, I think about it is if the human body can't move into that position naturally, then it probably doesn't need a lot of extra force in order to get into that position. It might need a little bit of guidance to understand what needs to be firing or what needs to be contracted or how to you know, slightly rotate or move their body in a particular way because maybe that person doesn't have a lot of body awareness and really understand, you know, shift your hip forward to the side or uh, to slightly forward or slightly to the right or to the left. Like they might hear that and be like, what does that even mean? Yeah. So giving them a little bit of a hands-on adjustment of putting your hand there or your finger there and be like, just, you know, slightly move this forward or slightly tilt this back or something along those lines. That I find is super, super helpful from a learning perspective. I agree. That's mostly what I do is I'll tap some, like I'll tap my finger on someone's outer hip or their shoulder or their, their, their hamstring, just like a tap. Right. Right. Yeah. And then, so the, on the opposite end of that is, you know, doing an overpressure or an overstretch, which is something that I do do in physio, but it's something that I do very rarely and under certain circumstances where it's needed for their rehab or their therapy. Um, so, keywords there rehab and therapy so if you're a yoga teacher you're not really a you know a rehab specialist or a therapist or at least you haven't been trained in that way if you're only done a teacher training for yoga maybe your background might support that but otherwise i don't think that applying too much over pressure to get a deeper stretch or to try to go further in a flexible position is something that's probably recommended from my perspective. Yeah, like just for just for guidance here, yoga teachers, like Michael, how many hours of study does it take to become a physiotherapist? Oh God, hours? Can I just? Or how many years? How many years? Yeah. Um, I took. Um, so it's it's an undergrad for me. So this it's being I studied in Canada. So in the U.S., it's a bit different. Um, I don't actually know what it is in the U.S., but you need a doctorate. I know that for sure. Yeah. So I did a four-year degree in Canada, human kinetics and kinesiology, studying, you know, basic, kind of like a pre-med type of thing, but not quite pre-med. And then I did two more years to do a master's in Australia. So that's six years in total. Um, Before that, in between those two degrees, I actually did two, two more years where I studied chemistry and physics because I... I don't know. I was interested in it and I figured it would help me with my physio. So I did. You got, eight you years. got really into Breaking Bad, didn't you? <laughs> yeah. I really, once I started, actually, that might have been around the same time now that I think about it. But you spent a couple of years cooking math. <laughs> then you went, it's like, all right, I'll go back. Maybe I'll, I'll go do some physio stuff, yeah. some, some normal things. Um, so for me, it was about eight years. But like if you did the full route, you could do it in six. Um, and it depends on the country as well. I know some places they do undergrads. Oh, I don't actually know, don't know if they do it anymore. But I think you could do a four year undergrad in physio, maybe in Australia and maybe some, some countries in, in Europe and stuff like that. Yeah. I think but in the U S and Canada, like in the, in Canada, you need a minimum of a master's. Yeah. And in the U S you need a minimum of a doctorate. Yeah. And I, I think the, the whole point of asking you this question was just, just for, for newer yoga teachers to understand, like somebody like you with your training. Yeah. If you want to push somebody's body, into something you're going to know how to do it much more safely than somebody who just graduated a 200 hour teacher training. Right. So I'm, that I'm, was the I'm, point, right? Yeah. I'm trying to, <laughs> I'm trying to really just, uh, encourage humility hmm. and like, like, yeah, yeah, Michael, you can do that because you spent 
eight years, right. literally studying this mm -hmm. stuff. And I've taught yoga for eight years too. So do I think I could do that? Yes. Mm -hmm. Humbly. I still don't. But do I think that I would know how to gently stretch somebody or overstretch somebody in, into it? Yes, I could do it. Mm -hmm. But that's because I've been teaching for eight years, not because I, I think that, not because of what I learned in a teacher training, but because of what, what I learned by teaching 5,000 classes and a bunch of privates and whatnot. So I think experience, 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 humility, humility, humility. Mm -hmm. It's kind of the whole um, umbrella of what this whole discussion should really fall under. Yeah, absolutely. And I guess to me, what I'm hearing when you say that is, you know, don't be in a rush to learn it. Don't be in a rush to try to master it. Don't be in a rush to try to offer it as part of your service as a, as a yoga teacher. Um, it's probably something that you're going to slowly have to chip away with over chip away at over time. Because I mean, there's probably so many different ways that you can adjust the body. And you can't learn that in one or two private sessions with, you know, a trainer like you or myself or even over a couple weeks or a couple months, like it's going to take time for you to develop your craft and your style in which you want to guide or use that hands-on assistance for your class participants or your students. And it is a craft. Yeah. Like teaching yoga, physiotherapy is a craft. You can study it for 10 years, but you also need to put your hands on people and look at different bodies and see what works and always err on the side of caution uh, to keep your, your clients, your students safe. But it's, it's a craft. You, mm -hmm. you can't do it until you do it. Yeah. You, you know? Yeah. yeah. And I think it'd be a safe bet to say, like, if someone's requesting hands-on adjustment and you're not comfortable doing it, just say, you know, I'm not qualified to do that or I haven't learned how to do that or I'm not comfortable to do it. And, like, that should be fine. Like, I actually often say, even though I'm an experienced senior physiotherapist, uh, actually, I don't really know. Yeah. I'm not really sure what's going on there. Yeah. You know, I might have to think about it for five, ten minutes or a couple days. You know what I mean? So... Or I have to do my own research. So it's okay to, like like you said, practice humility and not think that you need to know how to do it. I, that's one thing that I learned after a few years of teaching yoga is uh, people actually respected me more if I was confident enough to be like, I don't know the answer to that. Yeah. And um, you can either, I'll either look it up for you, I'll try to find the answer, or ask this person because they're more qualified than me. Yeah. You know, and, and I think that my first year or so of teaching, I wouldn't want people to know that I didn't know everything. And now I'm like, I don't know. Ask Michael. Right. You know, I'm like, I don't know. Google it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 At the beginning, you don't, cause you're, you know, you're trying to build up your confidence as a professional. Yeah. Whatever craft that is. Um, so anytime you can try to capitalize on that confidence by saying like, I know my things or I know my stuff. Um, it's at the beginning, I'd say, yeah, it's, it's hard to initially say like, I don't know that. Cause then you feel like, well, I'm not, you know, I didn't do my, I'm not good enough or I'm not, I'm not qualified to be doing this. And it's like, and that doesn't mean it. That's not the truth, right? That's just the story you're playing in your head. You can't know everything, yeah. right? Even doctors, you go see a doctor. Well, doctor is a very general term. Even but, gurus, even yoga gurus. But like sometimes they'll just like open up their, like I actually used to do that for my first year or two. Um, when some, someone come to see me, like, you know, the body's, a, there's a lot going on in the body. Some, someone come to see you for like a knee problem and it's like, okay, now I know knees really well because I've had so many issues with it. So I don't yeah. have to look at a book anymore. But, you know, there might be something that's going on that I'm like, I'm not really sure what this means. Like, let me go look at my book and just like check a couple things just to yeah. verify. Like, it's okay to do that. Yeah, of right? course. Like, you, sh you can't know everything. The brain only has so much capacity to be able to hold information, let alone bring it back up to surface or consciousness to be able to use it. Right. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
So on that point, <laughs> let's, uh, let's, 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 I mean, we talked a lot about the pros and cons, I'd say, of hands-on adjustments, whether or not it's something that you really need to do. And if you wanted to do it, how to do it, uh, the best way to do it. Um, what would be another good question that we could probably answer for our audience here? Maybe, I guess, you know, one of the questions that has come up with one of the, my friends that we talked about recently is like, what is hands-on adjustments specifically? Because like, is it actually like, you know, taking the person's body and pushing them into a forward fold where they get more stretch? Or is it actually, you know, for example, the other day when we did the training um, and we we're doing uh, Arda Danyarasana, I think it is, with the wheel pose upside yeah, down. Yeah, yeah. Is that the one? And you were supporting me. Urva Danyarasana. Urva Danyarasana. Yeah. I'm still new, right? Yeah. Um, and you were supporting me by standing behind me near my head so that I could put my hands on your, your wrists so that I could elevate up because I didn't have as much thoracic extension in yes. order to do it properly. Yes. So something like that where it's like almost like an assist. Yeah would be considered a hands-on adjustment, I, I would say. I consider it a hands-on yeah, adjustment. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's an assist. Yeah. yeah. And that's that's basically what I do is I is I as I safely make the pose most for the most time I make it easier. Yeah. Or or, or protect the body or make it feel better. Hmm. Or if you're going to put somebody into a shape that is deeper, make sure that you really know that person's body. Mm -hmm. Uh and and then Again, humility, humility, experience, experience. Right. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. I like how you said that. Just helping them to to basically move in a position where their body's going to feel better. Yeah. Not necessarily feel more stretch or more um, depth. Is that the rain? Yeah. Oh, it's starting to rain here. Okay, well, on that note. Is there anything else we want to add to this? Or maybe we can cut it from here so that the rain doesn't overpower our, our episode. What do you think? Uh, I think that's it. Yeah. Short topic. I mean, there's lots that we can talk about. So it was about 30 minutes. I think that's pretty solid. Um, if you guys have any questions listening to this and you're like, oh, I really would want to know more about this because of this. Or, you know, I have a question about hands-on adjustments for this. You know, reach out to us, whether it be on uh, Instagram or, yeah, probably Instagram is the best choice. So you can send either of us a DM about your question. Or if you know us personally, you can send us a message and we'd be happy to chat about it. So go ahead and do that. That's open invitation. Cool. Thanks so much for listening. Thanks for tuning in. We will see you next week. See you next week. Actually, yeah, we're going to, we we may have a guest. We know we said last time we might have a guest, but we didn't this time around. But I think the other thing that we're going to talk about potentially is talking more about um, traditional yoga or the style of learning yoga traditionally versus the modern style. So what does that mean exactly? Well, some teachers, they taught, or sorry, they, they were taught, they were a student for years and years and years. I don't even know how many years, five, 10, 15 years maybe, before they actually became you know, a certified yoga teacher who was qualified to be able to do what a lot of us try to do. Uh, whereas now in the modern world, you can do training in you know, 24 days, couple weeks, couple months type of thing. So the difference between those two and, and where yoga is going with regards to that, hence the yoga teacher evolution. So. Thank you so much for listening, and we will see you next time. Take care, everybody. All right. Sending you love.